I'm Helen Rabello. Welcome to the Turning Point Project. I believe that when you face a big transitional moment in life, you have to learn how to transcend your fears and honour the process, even if it gets messy in the middle. In this project, inspiring conscious creatives and entrepreneurs share their stories about how they used a turning point to move from a life that didn't fully fit to living in a more intentional way despite the messy bits. May these stories inspire you to trust your turning points and take a step forwards through your messy bits towards your more magical life. My guest in today's conversation is a lady called Lisa Pascoe who I've known for quite some time now and In this conversation, quite honestly, I think we cover almost like a self-development 101 summary of how to find your joy, how to reconnect to your essence, how to awaken your intuition. You name it, we covered it. And even though Lisa is in a place where she can talk about all these things with me now, she's actually transcended some hugely challenging things that would floor any of us so I really hope you enjoy the insights she has to share she is such a wise woman and we have a lot in common and um, this might be a slightly longer episode but I think your time will be well spent so enjoy and I look forward to hearing your thoughts I am talking to one of my very favourite people who I love to bits, lovely Lisa Pascoe. Hello, Helen. I am very happy to have you talking to us today. And um, yeah, welcome, my lovely. How are you doing? I'm great, thank you. So happy to be here and excited to see how this chat unfolds. Yeah, me too. We have no idea what might come out of this conversation, do we? <laughs> nope. We're just going with the flow. Mm-hmm. Um, so obviously the idea really of these conversations is for us to just have a bit of a chat around um, our our relationship to turning points. Mm-hmm. Just maybe looking at any turning points that have, have come to you in consideration of this project experiencing it or what you've learned as a result you know it's just kind of sharing a different a different way of looking at things that we don't always get to hear about because a lot of people just focus on the you know the lovely before and then the marvelous after when everything's (laughs) there's no in between bit Uh, yeah the messy bit the bit that actually feels like it takes a very long time (laughs) yeah right where most people kind of get stuck and where most of our people are Let's be honest. Um, so when I when I invited you, was there something that came to mind? Well, before I came onto the call today, I did think a little bit about obviously what we were going to talk about today. And I had been talking to a friend because I've got a talk coming up next week. And in it, I talk about this big turning point in my life when I was 30. So to give a bit of background, growing up, I was always really hypercritical of myself. I was the typical perfectionist, did really well at school. Um, The hormones were interesting. (laughs) I didn't quite have the relationship then with my hormones that I do now. Mm -hmm. Um, And so from an anxiety mental health perspective, it was actually really challenging. Um, And I spent a lot of my 20s kind of just feeling a bit lost, like I didn't really belong anywhere. You know, I'd moved schools a fair bit when I was younger, just through my mum studying and then getting a new job, things like that. And so I did, I just felt lost, like I didn't really belong in the world of um, normal, you know, like where you graduate from university, you go to corporate, you get a job, (laughs) you know, you get married, you have children. That didn't really fit for me. But then equally, I didn't, I didn't know where, like I didn't really fully belong with the ultra cool people, (laughs) the imaginary ultra cool people in my head. (laughs) And so I felt really kind of lost throughout my 20s. I used to refer to myself as the lost linguist. Um, lost linguist. Yeah, exactly. And, and just 
just like where did I I didn't really know where I belonged with that I just loved learning languages that was my whole identity actually was just having studied German and Russian at university and put all my energy into being really really good at speaking those languages and then I didn't really have a real use for them yeah and yeah I just I at 30 thought where what am I doing with my life so I felt like I was a lost linguist and I really like I was overweight I for me but I didn't I don't want to put a stigma on being overweight either but like how I felt my body like I felt over you know that's all so I don't want to be not body positive but the point yeah so I felt kind of really lost although I was in I was in a relationship at the time and you know I had you know a house we just got a dog together and on the outside things looked good still on the inside things didn't feel right for me I still felt lost I still didn't feel like I really belonged anywhere and um you know I felt kind of I felt overweight I felt just like things were a bit gray yeah um and I remember reading Marianne Campwell's book about how to be a free-range human yes and like that completely opened a whole different world for me like just the whole concept of being free-range and like there were different ways to do things and having like play projects and like really it was all about reconnecting with the things that bring you alive mm-hmm. and that was a that was a massive turning point for me because I remember in the book I was reading and people kept retraining in this thing called NLP and I'm like what is this NLP they keep talking about <laughs> so I like googled it and it was like neurolinguistic programming and I was like oh it's got like something to do with language <laughs> so maybe that's for me so I bought a book called how to change your life with NLP and it just was a game changer for me and it's just the very basic concept that I took away from it was that you can either be you know in the driving seat i.e., at cause in your life or you can be at effect i.e., be a passenger in your life and you know until that point I don't think I'd realized just how much I was giving my power away by allowing other people by putting (laughs) responsibility in other people's hands yeah. you know like oh well I want to lose uh, you know I want to eat more healthily but you know my partner does all the cooking and I can't really expect her to do that yeah. <laughs> not once did I think well maybe I could just start cooking healthily for myself and it was really the point where I was like okay I need to take ownership for my own life and the changes that I want to show up in my life you know if I want to be happy yeah ultimately and I have to stop expecting other people to make me happy or to make those changes for me and so I started the project letting go and taking back control at 30 um because we only get one shot at this and I'll read you the words that I wrote because I think they they will speak to a lot of the listeners out there I wrote the more I speak with my friends and observe the world around me I realize that no matter how large or small successful or smart the woman we all have an inner mean girl that drags us down and has us believe that we are not enough we carry around past we carry around past assumptions and statements, rarely challenging their accuracy or our need to hold on to them. And I feel like that's so true for so many of us for years. Like we just carry around these beliefs that oh, I'm just not good at art or I'm not that I'm not fit or I'll never be someone who does a long distance run. Whatever it is, we just carry them around and we just don't ask, is it still true? Yeah. Maybe it was true at the time that we formed that belief, but is it still true? Like maybe that is the key to unlocking something different for you. And so it was a really key moment for me. And along with that, I also wrote down what I saw to be my truths at the time. Yeah. Um, and they were, I won't read them all now, but a few of them I'll read because again, I think they will resonate with the audience. And that's things like, I lack imagination. I'm not ambitious. I am darkness. I will never truly attain what I want because shit like that just doesn't happen to me. I'm not enough or worthy and good things don't happen to me. And if they do, I shouldn't jinx them by feeling too happy. I believe if I'm too happy, the world will teach me a lesson. And like, I can feel emotional reading back over them a, because I remember them and I remember really believing them like to my core, but also because I know now being the other side, (laughs) how many of my, the women I work with feel like that, you know, Uh, so many people out there really do believe these things about themselves and they yeah and so I would like to help show people a different way that actually these these you can rewrite how you see yourself and 
how your story plays out because although we can't impact what life throws at us like I'm really I kind of hate the whole good vibes only <laughs> approach to life because I just it's just not real is it life will always throw obstacles in our way things happen yes sadness happens and we cannot like brush those things under the carpet or spiritually bypass them but what we can do is um kind of control or be in charge of how we navigate those things and i think that's really key that's the thing that really empowers us is saying you, you have yeah you have the ability to decide or choose how you approach this situation whether you reach out for support whether you get you know you look after your well-being whatever it is yeah um and so that's i think is really really important yeah no absolutely i i think that's one of the reasons i really wanted to have a conversation with you particularly Mm -hmm. because i know that we both we both have very similar um approaches in terms of the work that we do and I know that we've both come upon very similar realizations Mm -hmm. and um and to some extent I wonder whether these are the realizations everybody eventually comes to as we as we sort of step more fully into ourselves I don't know I don't know the answer to that but I think it's that like you you mentioned the um you know, kind of spiritual bypass and the real positive, high vibe positivity stuff. And I'm so with you on that because (laughs) I think you're absolutely right. It doesn't matter what you do in life. You are going to have these turning points. You are going to have these transitional moments that will throw you because that is life and we are human and, and it doesn't make it bad if we get thrown and it doesn't mean we've failed if we met, you know, if we have to like dig deep and go quiet for a few weeks, cause we're dealing with stuff. It is kind of how you find your way out of that and how you, whether you let it define you or not and, and what you, what you take from it, how you come out the other side. So you had these actually really, really wise quite profound insights at 30 thank you where did you take them next what what was your next move well my next move after well I firstly I kept so I kept this kind of living diary as I kind of navigated (laughs) this transition um and I you know, part of the aim of the whole project was to document my experience of letting go and providing a space to process and explore the things that came up with me because I knew that eventually I wanted to help people with this, these kinds of things. Yeah. I, I don't know if it's because I'm, I'm intuitive or I'm a Pisces, whatever it is, I've always kind of wanted to help other people yeah. be happy ultimately in some way. Um, and to empower other people to do similar things because I guess what I feel passionately about is is the mental health aspect and just growing up as someone with anxiety someone who self-harmed I know how destructive a force self-criticism can be mm-hmm. if left unchecked yeah so it, it takes a lot of inner work and it takes awareness to really um get grounded in your own life and be confident in your who you are as a person and I think it's so important especially in today's modern world where we are so bombarded with messages about how we should be all the time that it's very easy to override your intuition and start to believe (laughs) that you need this or you need that and if you're an empath doubly so because you're kind of like an energetic sponge aren't you so if you're around a certain type of messaging you almost absorb that messaging without even consciously being aware of it and so for me this kind of letting go but also raising kind of internal awareness of what's going on was really key um and then part of it i retrained in nlp (laughs) so that was a key thing for me was the actual retraining and learning much more about our brains and how we see the world and how we essentially just take the world around us and kind of um represent it on the inside because it's all about how we see the world on the inside and less how we see it through our eyes if that makes sense yeah that makes perfect sense. um 
it's kind of our internal imagined realities mm -hmm. and we all think that our realities are the one reality and ultimately there isn't really one reality <laughs> uh, and i find that a really fascinating topic so yeah i think what it was like one crumb at a time and i know that's something you talk a lot about as well it's yeah. just like you follow the magical crumbs and it's first it's retraining and then it's i think i did the ideas adventure with marion campwell as well for free yes. range humans and met amazing people all wanting to do similar things all really valuing freedom and it's just about putting fun at the heart of things like things don't have to be hard all the time now clearly things do get hard and things do get messy but you can have a playful approach to change and transition Definitely. and it makes it a lot easier because naturally i think we can already bring the hard with ourselves because with the criticism and the overthinking and the overwhelm that already comes with it so the more we can do to reduce those elements and actually enjoy the ride the better because none of us know how long the ride's going to last yeah. ultimately and and that is a really important piece of the puzzle for me it's just knowing that this is this is this is it like yeah, <laughs> i yeah. don't want to always be the one the person that ends up talking about death but i feel like death is a really important teacher yeah no i agree with that i think i love that you raised that because um do you know what? I, I am often quite hesitant to go there and to talk about that. But actually, one of the things I value more than anything else from my own experiences is being given the gift of spending time in resus as a radiographer and working in trauma mm -hmm. and, and seeing people lose their life from a relatively early age myself and and seeing you know that reality of somebody's just gone out on their day something's happened to them and then they pass away in resource on a trolley and it and 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 it's it's a leveler it is a leveler it really does genuinely make you appreciate every single day because um you know, just anything could happen. And and it's hard to talk about that, isn't it? Without giving it an air of doom and gloom and fear and pain, which neither I know neither of us want to send out there. But, no, but it is an important topic. And I think it's, an yeah. important, it's a topic that a lot of people do kind of avoid, but I do think there are, there are a lot of gifts there. Yeah. Um, and that's not even saying it, that's clearly not saying it lightly either. Because I know like you have and I have experienced like deep grief, which is specifically why I'm not just throwing it out there like, oh, you know, life is so sh because, you know, it's not a platitude for me. You yeah. know, the whole, oh, you only live once, blah, blah, blah. Some people say it and they throw it out there so lightly. I say it as someone whose dad died at 47, yeah. you know, and seeing him with with a genetic illness that ultimately took 20 years and was really awful so you you never know and so for it, life is a gift <laughs> it doesn't always feel like that though yeah absolutely <laughs> and so that's not to be like life is such a precious gift you know you just have to <laughs> appreciate all the time because i think that can also be used to like invalidate people's feelings because sometimes life can feel really really hard mm. and that's totally valid for that person um but it's just it is a gift as well yeah and like anything that we have access to every day we take it for granted often because we think you know the end is far away but we don't know that we have no idea. And so one quote I do really like is by Norman Cousins. And it, it's along the lines of the greatest tragedy is not death, but what dies inside a man while he still lives. Oh, I've never heard that. And I, I, I love that quote because it, it, it's just so graphic. Yeah. And we all of us have a story inside of us or a project or something within us that we kind of know, we feel its presence, yeah. but we, we dismiss it, we push it down. Um, and it, yeah, 
Yeah, absolutely. And I think um, for me, quite often um, in terms of people I've worked with and people I know and myself, I think some of these turning points actually when they come up, there can be a recognition that they're coming up because you know on some level you're ignoring one of those innermost dreams or things that you're here to realize because I think sometimes we pretend we don't know as much Mm -hmm. as we do know because it's not like the accepted way to live is it to go off chasing your dreams and your rainbows and (laughs) it's it's not it's not what we do exactly and that is a societal thing like who are you what makes you so special that kind of thing and and it's scary and it makes you have to be vulnerable to put yourself out there because you 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 might put some crappy i don't know it is scary (laughs) because you just never know do you you just don't know everyone has to start somewhere that's why it's important that people like you you you're you're putting work out there in the form of the pop-up podcast because ultimately these conversations aren't perfect conversations they're not highly glossy conversations that are like i don't know (laughs) i I do because i i I, (laughs) you know what i couldn't bear to put something out there that's all shiny and glossy because that's just not how i see life Exactly. And I think that's why we get on so well. It's because it's about being human is fundamentally messy. But that's also what makes it glorious and magical. Yes, totally. It's unpredictable nature. You you know, you never know quite where you're going to discover the treasure. Yeah. So you have to create that space. You know, you might chat to someone for 60 minutes and maybe two minutes of them are absolute gold and the rest, ah, but that doesn't matter just to mean that what matters is connecting with other human beings yeah telling stories actually listening to each other and honoring each other and honoring our own truths because way too many people are putting all their energy into showing up for other people and not showing up for themselves mm. and i think this is where turning points come turning points can come when people go actually do you know what i want to show up for me now it's my turn or like i i want to feel happy you know, and I feel like that, that is really important. Yeah. And I think a lot of people um, do get to that point in midlife, if not before, because at some point it, they are given that space for whatever reason. And they suddenly get the time to take stock of where they are and, um, it, it's 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 just a there's something within us all I think that wants to be expressed and if you don't find a way to honor that you know it it never feels or looks pretty does it <laughs> so, and, and that's what we both we're both ultimately helping people access in terms 100%. of 100 100 so, um, sorry yeah go on <laughs> yeah no so I was I was gonna say for you having having made all these discoveries and having having started to follow the crumbs and i've se- and i've been privileged to witness some of this happening of course and and i've seen how how much more fully you've embodied yourself and you've come home to yourself how would you say you managed to balance all that awareness with living in the real world as well? You know, and, and, and working with people who aren't where you are yet in terms of those realizations. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? That does make sense. It's a good question as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I would say by creating space for it. I think that's yeah. the most important thing is is creating the space for change, but also the space for connecting with your intuition. Because for me, that's really a massive piece. But I'm also, I'm a big proponent of small steps, big changes. So mm-hmm. it's, when you're going through a transition or you're at a turning point, it's not putting yourself under so much pressure that you need to get 
to the end, wherever the end may be, or that you don't have to achieve this massive thing right away. Like whenever I talk to anyone going through a transition and it's the same with myself now, it's like, be gentle with yourself. Yeah. Um, and I think being gentle is really important because things unfold as they unfold. It could take you two months. It could take you 10 years and you don't know how long you really don't like you can only control so much in your life but things happen um so for me part of my breadcrumbs though were like changing industry so I was working for a refugee action so I was working for a charity and then I was made redundant from that job and I moved into mental health because I knew that ultimately again I wanted to help people create changes in their lives and I thought what better place to start than working for a mental health charity um, where I would work with people one-to-one and really hone my skills in holding space for people and listening to them. Um, and that was tough. It was as an, as an empath, highly sensitive person, that, that was a tough job um, and energetically very draining, but it did teach me a lot about my own limitations, um, my strengths, my weaknesses. Yeah. And I started experimenting. So I discovered the artist's way and morning pages. Someone mentioned it to me. And so I think about three years ago, I started writing my morning pages. And that really helped just sitting down in the morning, lighting a candle, having a cup of tea, and just allowing my brain to empty was a really pivotal and like important practice for me at the time. Yeah because it just helped me connect to myself in ways that I never had connected before. So that, that was, yeah, a massive turning point, I would say during the morning pages. And then I'd say another thing that really helped was, um, there's a thing called sisters of the wild. Now, originally I think there were two events a year. There's now three. And ultimately I went in Equinox, autumn Equinox, 2016, and there were like 50 women gathered in Wales <laughs> for this three-day gathering. All empath types, all, yeah, with a spiritual stroke, witchy nature. <laughs> if you can imagine, and it, and it was all about exploring the, 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 the dark goddess ultimately. But it was a really interesting experience because like, one of the workshops I went to was a visualization and we lay down on the ground. There were quite a few of us and it was all about, I mean, it's a really amazing story. If anyone wants to Google the story of like Inanna, you can maybe put it in the show notes, but mm-hmm. it's like this idea that she has to go into the underworld and, and at each gate she has to like first take off her crown or then like give up something else until eventually she's completely like stripped naked. She's let, she's got no hair. She's had to say goodbye to all of her loved ones and you have to like face your, your darkest fear. <laughs> it's a really intense visualization, but it's an amazing story. And it's a story we've told a lot, uh, the rewilding retreats we've held in the past um because again it's about that deepening your relationship with yourself yeah and i really feel like that is such a massive part of developing that strong relationship with yourself so that you are rooted in your own life and yeah. that you you feel in control of your work you know it, so you just feel rooted in who you are and you feel well and grounded um and just connect it i think what what made it so special sisters of the world it was the first time i really connected with that many women who were similar because i think growing up specifically for empaths and highly sensitive types in my experience many feel quite isolated in their families because maybe they're the odd one out maybe not and you know they're then told that they're being too sensitive or maybe at school people are saying, oh, you should just like, you know, uh, you should just suck it up or whatever it is, you know, pull yourself together. And so you can kind of grow up feeling weird, feeling like an outsider, feeling like your identity is a bit odd. So actually connecting with women who are similar, but in a natural space. So having the trees and having just the astounding nature that is Wales was just really it kind of that really shifted something within me because it just reminded me of what's really important in life 
um, and that ultimately without kind of the earth and without each other, like what is there? So we have to start looking after what we have and all the other stuff. It's just, some of it's just, it's just noise, you know, like what car you have or what color car, you know, I mean, that's not to downplay your carpet color, but <laughs> do you know what I mean? But ultimately it is all kind of extra. It is. If yeah. We haven't got the fundamental sorted, like, you know, our environment and the trees if we're not looking after the well-being of us and our planet like what's the point yeah absolutely <laughs> i agree with you i'm completely with you there yeah. So, yeah yeah and so that's when i really started connecting with my own creativity and yeah when i realized that there there was the higher purpose i guess for me i was like that i started my bit my bigger why started coming to me at that point and was that when you found your people? The, was that the first time you kind of found your people and where you did fit in? Yeah, I would say so, actually. It was, I've not really thought about it properly before. Um, yeah, I definitely, it was definitely the first time I really felt a sense of proper belonging. Yeah. Um, and I, I remember just one night, it was raining really heavily there was some kind of thing going on in the big kind of marquee. And I, I just remember falling to my knees and just sobbing into the earth, properly just releasing. And it felt amazing. Um, because how often in life can you drop to your knees in public and cry and someone not like call you weird or it just not feel wrong? <laughs> And it, it was that kind of spiritual free freedom that I felt that really was a game changer for me because like you can't just walk about in your knickers in a in a river normally. <laughs> you couldn't go to your local park and just like strip off and hug a tree. <laughs> and I get why you can't do that, but imagine like how freeing it feels to be able to actually just feel that wild part of yourself. Mm. You know, and that, that might and that might sound way out of people's <laughs> comfort zones, and it might sound really strange. And I have, I promise you, five years ago, I never thought I would be someone who would be <laughs> stripping off to my underwear to get into a river with strangers. But I, the freedom that I felt was just more than I've ever felt, and it it just, I cannot tell you how how good it felt to be just completely at one with the earth but it's true oh it sounds so cheesy but it is it, it actually felt amazing it does it it makes complete sense to me because if you think about it we are we are carrying the dna of generations and generations and generations that came before us that did live a much more connected life and so, i think it does make sense yeah and i think that's the key really like that that's what the earth that's what she she holds is she holds she holds those stories and she holds the, that connectedness mm. because we've all stood on the earth so so that runs through our whole history yeah that makes sense yeah and i think if it taught me one thing it's it's reverence it's having reverence for life and for each other and i feel like that is a really important word that's a beautiful word. So, yeah. I've, so, yeah. I love that. I love that. That word. That word doesn't feature greatly, but I love that word. It's, it's, it really it's is something. Like we always, there's always a fire keeper. So someone who's feeding the fire and it's like, it is a living entity and you don't put anything that's not permissible, permissible within the fire. You know, it's just wood. And then at the end of the gathering, we always gather the ashes and then and we all sing collectively as we kind of release the ashes into it into a river or a stream mm. and it's it's just you know and some of us put some of it on our face as well and it just so it's hugely symbolic yeah and we just don't do enough of that in our everyday life and I understand why obviously yeah. <laughs> but, but it's like it's I just think that we, we as humans do have certain spiritual needs that are just being completely starved. And I'm not talking about spiritual necessarily in terms of there has to be a God in the sky or if that's for you, then that's 
fine too that's great but it's just talking about connected to something other so something energetically higher yeah no i agree and it's and it doesn't have to be um it doesn't have to be as overt or as esoteric as that for some people because i don't think there are very i don't think there are many people who don't feel better when they are either looking at the sea or they're amongst trees or they're out in the fields or they're looking at hills and mountains you know i think we all inherently can can relate to that no matter no matter what that looks like or how it plays out in our lives and um and the nearest i can relate to that same sense you're describing because I'm not sure I'm ever going to be the person who gets into a river in my pants, but let's, I don't, I don't say never to anything. So I'm not ruling it out, but right now in my own experience, I think the closest I can come to relating to my sense of what you're describing is um, when I did my yoga teacher training in Goa. And on the very first evening we, we turned up in the shala, the yoga shala, and we didn't know anybody and we weren't allowed to speak. And there was music and we basically had to partner up with somebody who we've literally only just met, not speak, um, but just enact the a dance that represented what had brought us to the training, to the music that was playing without words to this partner we'd never ever met before and something <laughs> unleashed in me I mean I was I was there after I don't know just a lot of a lot of physical healing it was a quite a big journey to get me there and, and suddenly I found myself just not giving a monkeys having spent years as nowhere on a dance floor it's, it's that similar feeling of just I don't care I'm in it I'm here I'm making the most of it and I just went for it and i'm you know like cavorting all over the place i'm where this is going to be an audio so no one else can see but i'm wiggling my hands around you know <laughs> i was just letting rip and i in front of this guy who i didn't know his name or anything and it was it was great it is that feeling of just being in the moment and being being connected and coming back home to your body and getting out of your head exactly and i think well that's it just showcases the the importance of safe spaces yeah essentially especially when you're going through a transition because it is a very vulnerable time and things can feel it sticky or unclear and you don't know how people are going to react to this kind of new you that's kind of emerging and safe spaces allow you to experiment and they show you that you're kind of capable of more than you realize yeah um, and so for all the kind of the esoteric talk of mine, <laughs> of these things that might sound out there, I am actually all about bringing these things into your life in a very practical way. Sometimes just lighting a candle and sitting for five minutes quietly with yourself, you know, maybe with hand on heart, that can be powerful. Yeah. You know, putting your hands in the soil as you're gardening but really connecting with the soil though, it's that intention, isn't it? It's actually bringing intention into the things that you're doing. And I guess essentially mindfulness. Yeah. I was about to say it is just being mindful mm -hmm. of what you're doing rather than just picking up soil and putting it around something you're planting. It's noticing what you're doing. And yeah, I love that. I love how you phrased that. So I think those those are important because ultimately we do have busy lives and it goes back to your question like how did I do it while whilst going about a normal life and you know because I didn't I didn't walk down the street with like mud on my face or anything. <laughs> <laughs> no, but we can we can go up, we can have these magical experiences and we we can bring back pieces with us yeah. to our everyday and that just might simply be you know helping others hold space for themselves be gentle with themselves, be curious about what it is that does bring them alive. Yeah. You know, that, that curiosity is everything. Um, curiosity and just permission, permission to be messy, permission to get it wrong, permission to just show up as you are in that particular moment and that you're not a fixed human being. 
it, change is not a linear process mm. you know it isn't just so I woke up one day and I decided to change my life and then six months later it was all amazing <laughs> you know sometimes it's amazing sometimes it's terrible sometimes you wish you could just go back and <laughs> just undo it all just like no I'd rather be asleep actually because it was so much easier when I didn't have to think about any of this stuff because yeah. a turning point usually turns into about 20 turning points as you have yeah kind of insight after insight after insight and then there's a new layer of the onion you know yeah 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 and I I love that you said that as well because um when I was thinking about this I was thinking how can we make it digestible and accessible for people it'd be really good if we could try and stick to one main turning point but of course in every single conversation it's totally impossible because they're all so intertwined and one thing does unfold into the next and the next and the next and oh there is no end point really there is no end point it's all once it starts um and you start being curious i think about what makes you happy or yeah the changes that you want to make in your life it just it kind of never ends especially if you then dive into the world of personal development because then you become addicted to the books and you're yes. listening to podcasts <laughs> and, <laughs> and here you are listening to me and Helen talking <laughs> who knows where it will lead you next yeah it's exciting as well but it's yeah, making sure, yeah. it's just making sure that you have solid well-being practices in place I yeah. would say that's rich yeah. and know know your your own well-being needs like what are the signs that things are getting a bit much for you what are like three things you know you need to do each day to stay well or each week it doesn't even have to be daily practices it might just be weekly practices but just checking in with yourself and seeing you know how's it going yeah so um in terms of where you're at now what what things have you taken from all of your your journeying and your turning points that have become a daily part of your life and that could obviously be a really huge question or a really small question but is there like one big thing that you could say has has formed part my, of your daily life I think my first answer though would actually be pride which isn't the obvious answer to me, but in the sense of for perseverance and be, being tenacious, mm. the fact that I kept going, yeah, even when things were very uncertain and felt very difficult at times, yeah, I think so. I am proud of myself, and and that in itself is significant purely because of my background of being very hypercritical and you know thinking I was darkness and that I was not ambitious. So to kind of go from that feeling of being lost to feeling really proud of where I am today for me is a big achievement yeah I think that's and I think phenomenal. and I think for all of us it's really important to acknowledge the step all, all of the steps that because often the little steps are the big steps oh I only went to one exercise class or I only did this or it but actually you know only doing that one thing the ripple effect yeah is big so acknowledge the things that you've done to make changes because they're not small insignificance or impact um and what else have i taken away the importance of having a relationship with my intuition and that that is a continual process yeah so having things in my life i i would say having things in my life act as like touch points for what really matters yeah you know so whether they are my oracle decks (laughs) <laughs> i love my oracle deck. i love mine too and it, and for anyone out there who doesn't it's not really into the whole oracle deck thing that's fine but i think there is this misconception that it's all about telling the future or fortune telling but really the way that i see them at least is it's really about prompting inquiry within mm, you know so you pull a card and you go oh that's interesting how does this relate to me right now does it relate to me right now and then it just gives you a question to respond to which for most of us is really really helpful to have that um because it it gets us to look at things in a way that we may not have looked at things otherwise uh makes more things seem possible sometimes and so yeah but having things that light me up 
I think is really important. Hopefully, yeah, hopefully that answered your question. It does. <laughs> and it's perfect. It's perfect. Having things that light you up is, um, it's, it's, it's fundamental. And I, mm. I think so many of us come to a point where that's, that is the biggest realization we have because mm -hmm. so much of our earlier life doesn't consist of things that light us up. And that's why we end up feeling lost and or, confused. Yes, yeah, or we don't feel like we deserve to have things that light us up. Yeah. Or that we're not the kind of people that get lit up. Yeah. <laughs> um, I think that is, can be the case for many people. I guess the only other thing I would say is, is the importance of being grounded. Like for me, yeah. I've really missed over winter not being outside and not feeling my feet on the ground. And I know that as the spring approaches and summer comes, just having that space to actually just take time to, to connect is that's been really important for me and it's not something I used to do consciously so much yeah but I do do now yeah. because for me it connects me with my bigger why yeah so so what what are you doing now um in terms of your work what's going on in your work if people if people listening to this don't know who you are or what you're about and they are intrigued after our conversation which i'm sure they will be um tell us a little bit about what you're doing and how you're working with people and how people can connect with you and all that kind of juicy gorgeous stuff thank you um well there's one thing that i do around three times a year i run an online sisterhood called the sanctuary Good. which runs for three months at a time um, and each month we have a different theme. So at the moment we're exploring embodiment. In the past we've explored self-worth and money and expectations <laughs> and like creating space in your life. Um, so yeah, it's a really nourishing space ultimately for women to come together and for deeper inquiry into looking at like, what do you actually think about these things? And I guess it's just rare that we have opportunities to really to connect with other like-minded women in a, in a safe way where you don't feel weird and actually, yeah, you get really meaningful insights from each other. Yeah. So that's a really supportive space. Another way I work with people is one-to-one. -one predominantly online although i do do some um kind of like private retreat days with people ultimately what i do is i work with empaths and highly sensitive people predominantly going through some sort of transition and i help them reconnect with their intuition so that they make decisions in their life that are in alignment for them and so that they are reconnected with that inner spark ultimately um and what i'm really good at doing is kind of hearing what's not being said mm. and my approach is very much holistic because i i you know i think the thing that people often don't talk about with empaths and hsps is that there can be a little bit of a sixth sense there yeah and um or a healing kind of tendency and I'm not afraid to go where other people might be afraid to go. Like, I can hold space for things that maybe people wouldn't talk to others about. Yes. If that makes sense. It makes perfect. Um, without that necessarily being the focus. It's just, uh, there's nothing that will shock me, put it that way. I can hold space for, for all truths. And I really believe that um, all parts of you are valid. Yeah. And I think that's that's one of the good things about working with me is that I hold spaces for I hold space for all the parts of you and not just the shiny part of you but actually I think there's a lot to be gained from the shadow side if we just if we actually start to bring it into the conversation and ask it what it needs yeah yeah I know well, see I love that because I um I talk about your inner cast of characters and bringing them all into the fold and getting them all on board and understanding all their motivations mm -hmm. and hating the, those bits of you because otherwise you're hating on yourself. 
exactly which is what I talk about too because actually that part of you that's like being really critical or maybe self-sabotaging is actually probably quite scared yeah it's maybe a younger part of you and actually if you had a younger scared person in front of you would you start shouting at it (laughs) would you call it names no that would be awful and yet we do it to ourselves so I, I really think it's important to yeah to to show kind of that loving kindness to all the parts of ourselves not judge one as like better than another um so yeah and and it's all about but doing it in a gentle and kind way yeah so i challenge people but i i also but often my challenge is to people is to actually show up and be kind to themselves because they're really good at the other type of challenging <laughs> yes yeah so yes and of course i have my own podcast coming up which will be coming out in may the title is to be decided as it unfolds but ultimately it will be all about helping empaths thrive in a noisy modern world with all its challenges so i shall keep you posted on that if people want to connect with me online my e my website is www.lisapasco.com and you can sign up there for my nourishing emails that I send out fortnightly um and on Facebook I am Lisa Pasco rewilding and on Instagram I am Lisa Pasco underscore she rewilds so I would love to connect with some of you and if you have any insights or anything from this interview I'd love to hear them and you can email me at Lisa, lisapasco.com. Beautiful. Thank you. Beautiful. Well done for remembering all of those links. <laughs> <laughs> we'll, of course, make sure I've got them all written down. Mm-hmm. And, um, That's fine. Oh. In the notes so that everyone can see them. Um, but I think in summary, really, what, what, I would, what I would take away from our conversation is is a lot about permission and a lot about presence um and and also i love that the breadcrumb trail you followed has ultimately led to you creating something that essentially feels like the thing you could have done with before you had your big realization at 30 Mm -hmm. that's a beautiful circle for you to be in right now a kind of semi semi circle of completion almost until the next phase Mm -hmm. yep yeah thank you so thank you thank you so much for sharing your wisdom your wonderful wisdom thank you for having me as ever and um and i can't wait to see what people think Thank you so much for listening to this episode of The Turning Point Project. If you found this episode useful, I'd be so grateful if you could rate and review the podcast as it really makes a difference and will only take a moment. If you'd like to continue the conversation or ask me any questions, come and connect with me over on Instagram at Helen Rebello Author or join the free magical life movement at HelenRebello.com. Have a gorgeous, gorgeous day and I'll catch you in the next episode.